Hello and welcome to PodCheck, a source of clarification for the most pressing issues trending today. Today we'll be covering the coronavirus, with 130,000 people talking about it on Twitter as of Friday, March 6th, 2020. This is just a disclaimer, the interviews in this episode were recorded at the beginning of February, and obviously the situation has progressed since then. On January 30th, 2020, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19.25 outbreak of public health emergency. As of March 6, 2020, there have been reported 100,055 cases of COVID-19 globally, according to the John Hopkins CCSE, with a very high risk assessment issued from the World Health Organization globally. First, what is a coronavirus? A coronavirus is a general term for a virus, which affects the upper respiratory tract of mammals. However, it may spread to other parts of the body. Occasionally, coronaviruses from other mammals can infect humans. Also known as COVs, they are RNA viruses, which are members of the coronavirus family. This particular strain is COVID-19, a new virus believed to originate in Wuhan, Hubei province, China, and is believed to be traceable to an animal market. This particular strain appears to originate in bats. COV-19 is a novel virus, and as it is still being researched, there's a limit to what can be said about it definitively. SARS-CoV-2 is believed to be a beta coronavirus. In 2002-2003, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS coronavirus, was identified in the Guangdong province of China and resulted in more than 8,000 cases. At this point in time, symptoms have been reported as including cough, fever, and shortness of breath. It can appear similar to bad flu or cold, and this makes diagnosis difficult. These symptoms often set in 2 to 14 days after first contact with the disease. It is known to spread through person-to-person contact. This includes things like coughing, sneezing, touching other people. MERS-CoV, centralized in the Arabian Peninsula, has a confirmed 2,494 cases since 2012. This is another beta coronavirus with similar symptoms. On the 31st of December 2019, the World Health Organization was informed of cases of pneumonia of an unknown entology detected in Wuhan City, Hubei province of China. This is a quote from the World Health Organization. From the 31st of December 2019 through the 3rd of January 2020, a total of 44 case patients with pneumonia of unknown entology were reported to World Health Organization by the national authorities in China. During this reported period, the casual agent was not identified. According to the John Hopkins Center for Systems and Engineering, as of March 6, 2020, among over 100,000 reported cases globally, there has been 3,398 reported deaths. However, 55,672 of those affected have recovered. In order to understand how well-informed UMass students are, I went to Blue Wall and asked students to answer some basic questions about the novel coronavirus. Okay, so where did the coronavirus originate? People are saying that it originated in, I think, China, but I, you know, I'm just taking it all with a grain of salt. Yes, um, that is right. It originated in a city called Wuhan at a seafood and poultry market. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Do you know how many people are infected in China? Mm, No. (laughs) Uh, According to the New York Times, it's over 44,600. Okay. The population of China is roughly? Um, It's going to be like 40 million. Uh, 1.39 billion. Billion. Yeah. Yeah. So 
like it's a really small percentage actually that's infected. Um, do you know if more people died from the flu or the coronavirus? That I don't know. The flu, actually. Okay. Yeah. In 2018, 61,099 people died from the flu. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a virus like this before? Um, ever? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there was the SARS in 2003 and MERS in 2012. I also interviewed Wilmore Webley from the UMass Amherst Microbiology Department. He researches viruses and bacteria that cause human diseases. His lab focuses on chlamydia and chlamydia-based diseases, as well as viruses that cause or worsen asthma. Dr. Webley explained to me that coronaviruses are a family of viruses which often cause respiratory illnesses in animals and humans. In this case, the novel coronavirus is in the same family as SARS and MERS. The SARS outbreak in 2002-2003 was a, a, a novel coronavirus at that time that uh, caused this severe acute respiratory uh, syndrome that uh, came to be known as SARS. And that was the first time that we had a coronavirus causing this type of outbreak and death associated mm. with it, killing you know, just uh, under 800 people um, worldwide. It was scary at the time because of the, uh, um, the mortality rate um, of, uh, of SARS was about 10% um, at the time. Um, MERS, uh, or, or MERS uh, is a Middle East respiratory uh, virus. It is also a coronavirus. Both of these are type B coronaviruses, so they're type A and type B viruses um, based on their strain specificity. And this has not caused a global outbreak. Uh, it's centered in the Middle East, um, seems to have come from bats and then have a reservoir of camels, and humans seem to be getting it from the camels, and so that hasn't spread uh, very widely, but the uh, mortality rate is pretty high. It's approaching probably close to 30%. Dr. Webley also told me what people can do to protect themselves from getting the virus. Uh, at this point in time, uh, people should uh, observe regular hygiene protocols where respiratory diseases are concerned. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, uh, 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 especially in a setting where people are coughing or sneezing. Mm -hmm. If you feel sick, stay home. You know, go to the doctors if you need to. Uh, but overall, where this uh, new coronavirus is concerned, there's really no immediate threat um, to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, could that change in two or three weeks? Uh, it, it possibly could. He also mentioned that masks aren't as protective as people believe they are. Um, the mask, the surgical type or the dust mask that you see most people wearing around, it won't protect you. Uh, from mm -hmm. the virus, uh, because with the small droplets that the virus is known now to be transmitted on, they can easily go um, uh, under and through um, that. And moreover, uh, in order to really protect yourself from viruses, you need to wear a respirator, right. uh, which most people will not wear around because it's uncomfortable, it's hard to breathe, because it needs to be fitted on your face mm -hmm. you know, by a professional so that there are no ear pockets around it that stuff can actually get in. Um, if you actually have uh, any of these ear droplets coming and getting underneath your dust mask, what you've does, done is that you've concentrated it right. so that there is uh, the greatest opportunity for you to actually inhale it. He encouraged us to be confident in our public health officials and their monitoring of the situation as it unfolds. So, uh, you know, I think we should um, uh, be confident in our public health um, uh, professionals. Mm -hmm. 
that they are taking the necessary precautions. They are, they are doing the necessary surveillance where this is concerned. The state um, uh, public health office uh, is monitoring this. They are tracing everybody who feels that they have come in contact with somebody who might have the virus. Uh, and I think they're doing uh, the job that we expect them to. However, he warns that we, as a society, have become complacent about infectious diseases. One of the things that we have noticed is that over the past 14 years, um, we've seen these uh, new coronaviruses pop up. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen uh, uh, two major outbreaks of Ebola. Uh, we've seen other infectious diseases that uh, were vaccine preventable, including measles, some of these coming back uh, to the forefront. And I think uh, a partially uh, we have become a little bit complacent where infectious diseases are concerned. Mm -hmm. One of the uh, problems that, that, that China has is its open market for uh, wild-caught uh, animals right. uh, to be eaten. Uh, people are selling bats. Bats are a huge reservoir of coronaviruses. Um, and while they might not have been the host that people got it from in Wuhan, it's very likely that it could have been transmitted from the bats to that intermediate host. Mm and then to humans. So these, these types of traditional markets where wild animals, which are not being tested before they're sold um, in that setting, in this really close, you know, maybe a mile by a mile wide open market that people go in bumping into each other, um, they are uh, uh, really a melting pot for an outbreak to start and for you to have this crossover mm -hmm where a virus that typically infects a bat and doesn't really cause any problems can now infect an intermediate host, maybe cause mild disease, and thereafter get transmitted to humans because we're in such close contact with them, and then gain the capability to actually infect and stay in our bodies. Uh, these type of zoonotic diseases um, are one of our greatest threats mm -hmm. uh, 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 to, to current uh, civilization. And because of travel, because travel happens so rapidly, you know, one hour you can be in one continent and in five, six hours you could fly somewhere else. Right. Um, and so as a result of that, people are not showing symptoms um, and they can easily transport a novel infectious disease uh, to somewhere else way before um, anybody catch on to what is going on. And I think these are the challenges. We saw it with Ebola, how quickly um, uh, in 2014-2015 outbreak, um, the virus got transmitted to so many different places in the world, including the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so I think overall, um, uh, where public health screening um, is concerned, we have to think uh, more broadly and more specifically about how we're going to screen for some of these diseases and how we can screen for novel viruses and, and where they're going to end up. He also warned that quarantining cruise ships spreads diseases very quickly within them. We've seen uh, off um, uh, the coast there of Hong Kong and a few other places where they have quarantined uh, cruise ships because one or two people had initially tested positive uh, for the, this novel coronavirus. And in a very short time, we saw that number jump to 60. Mm -hmm. And now that number is at about 170-something people on this ship who are positive. And what it shows is that it is extremely difficult to maintain any sort of meaningful quarantine 
on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. On a cruise ship, pretty much everybody is breathing the same air. You're in the same small, close places. And unless, even if you're confined to your, your room, at some point, you have to get food, you have to get water, people can't just be locked away. And so really, the humane thing to do is to get those people off that cruise ship. Quarantine them somewhere where they have the opportunity to walk around, where you're able to see those who are sick and get them the treatment that they need and separate the other people who aren't so that they can wear masks and stuff because you're gonna have varying levels of, of sickness. You're gonna have people on that cruise ship who get really, really sick. Then there are gonna be people with mild illnesses that might not even be caught and you don't know that those people are not transmitting it. So you might be looking and thinking this person is asymptomatic, so they can't really have it. But from we know what we know of this virus, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Those people who are not showing overt symptoms could easily transmit the virus, which means that if they keep this up every single day, you're gonna have new cases of coronavirus on those um, ships. Um, I'm not sure about the different regions that are saying you can't dock your cruise ship here in our country or in, in our waters if you uh, uh, have a patient on board uh, who's uh, positive for the, the coronavirus. That also um, goes outside of protocol. Um, you can't have everybody now being exposed to one sick person on the ship because eventually that one is gonna turn into, into several. This virus has an R naught of about two. Right, which means that one person get infected can infect two people. Mm -hmm. Right, but then those two people can infect two more people. So now you have five people in that second round who are infected. The initial person, then that two, and then those two. And so it co it keeps going on and on and on. It doesn't take very long, right, then, for you to have uh, a ship of three thousand people, um, where almost half of them are going to get infected um, over that period of time. And this just continues. At what point do authorities now decide that they're going to remove those people when everybody has gotten infected and some people have died? Um, so I think uh, people are making some uh, really um, uninformed decisions uh, about this, and it's actually hurting people rather than helping. Um, and those are the types of things that we have to be careful of, that when you start having this type of mass hysteria, uh, it leads to poor decisions where people listen to individuals who don't have expertise in infectious diseases or in epidemiology and they make decisions that end up hurting more people rather than helping. In order to protect yourself before traveling, you should consult the CDC website for information about your destination and tips on how to stay healthy while traveling. They categorize countries with coronavirus cases into levels 1, 2, and 3. Generally, you avoid level 3 countries altogether and reconsider travel to level 2 countries if you are at risk from factors like age and a compromised immune system. Traveling to level 1 countries requires the same level of hygiene and caution you would normally have to avoid becoming sick, such as washing your hands and avoiding touching your face. Above all, don't panic. Uh, a lot of misinformation can get thrown around and that can you know, bring on hysteria. Uh, people oftentimes uh, might come and say, oh, there's somebody on campus who has the coronavirus um, or something like that. You can't take that at face value. Right. Um, you have to go to the source. And, you know, the university is committed to protecting its students um, and will send out timely information uh, if anything were to happen. So at this right. point in time, there's no need for 
for Panic, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Podcheck.